No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is Tuesday, April 6th. We are officially less than four weeks away from the 2021 draft. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And uh, between my leagues, I think I've kind of made the decision on which leagues I want to have those rookie picks in and which ones I was uh, willing to trade them away. Because at this point, I don't think you want to be purchasing those rookie picks um, if you don't have any of those first rounders. Yeah, I definitely agree. If uh, um, if you didn't collect those first rounders during the 2020 season, you're probably going to be overpaying right now. Um, so tonight we have an episode that we have been um, planning on, on doing for a while. It's going to be on uh, what to do if you're the Christian McCaffrey owner and you're looking to rebuild. So if you're if you're looking to break up that top asset, um, the what 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 you can uh, expect to get from from other other players in your in your Superflex Dynasty uh, trades, but uh, before we do that, you and I were talking out there th- this afternoon. I just did a trade that uh, I think you and I are on opposite sides of this. Where typically we we tend to agree more on on players' worth, but I just traded Melvin Gordon away with a um, with the three hundred four for the two hundred two, so a top fourteen pick in, in this year's draft. Uh, earlier you were saying that you, you'd take the Melvin Gordon side. W- would you still do that? Yeah, I think we know running backs are, are pretty rare, and I'm looking at this incoming rookie class at, at probably being more of that uh, rookie class that we saw Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs come out of, but we didn't see five, six, seven rookie running backs come in and make an impact like we did just this last season. So in, in trading Gordon and a third for that early second, I think you're you're going to be looking at getting a really good wide receiver, but I don't think there's going to be a, a running back uh, at the same value that you might get with Melvin Gordon. But I think Melvin Gordon's going to be one of those pieces here the next year or two, similar to Julio Jones, where when you trade him away, you're going to feel like you're not getting the right value. Um, and then who's ever trading for him probably also feels like they're overpaying. So I think he's just kind of in that awkward spot right now. If you need a third running back, I think that uh, Melvin Gordon is a really good piece, especially with Philip Lindsay being out of uh, Denver. I don't, I don't think there's really a lot of other competition, and that offense should only be better. Um, but he's getting up there in age, so I think uh, getting getting a uh, package deal done so you can get an early second, that's probably the best you're going to get. I don't think you'll uh, be getting a first-round uh, value coupling Melvin Gordon with a third here. Um, for the rest of his, uh, the rest of uh, Melvin Gordon's career, if that makes sense. Well, I, I think maybe you and I do actually agree on this trade more than I had, I had originally thought. Uh, the reason behind me trading away Melvin Gordon is he is my RB four right now, and my wide receivers are Jarvis Landry, Jerry Judy, and Nicole Hardman as my top three. So I'm already planning on taking uh, Jamar Chase with the with the 104 in this league. But I definitely need some help at uh, at wide receiver, and and after seeing um, Keyshawn Bond going at the end of the first round of a lot of drafts that we were in last year, uh, I'm I'm pretty confident that there's going to be a, a high end wide receiver available at, at the 202. So um, essentially, I'm just, I'm just trying to punt Melvin Gordon away to land one of those those high upside wide receivers. 
Yeah, and at the 202, I'm, I'm looking at uh, superduperflexbros.com. I'm looking at the rookie rankings. The 202, we do have Rondell Moore. And then all the way down, I think it's a little too far about the 207, we've got uh, Terrace Marshall. And I don't project either of those guys to be the number one uh, rookie wide receiver from the 2021 class, but similar to how Justin Jefferson did it and Chase Claypool made some plays last season, I wouldn't be shocked if those guys come in and give you really good production uh, immediately week one. So, yeah, I think that was overall a good trade for you. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I'm I'm guessing that there's going to be a Clyde Edwards-Alaire type running back this season where somebody's going to get drafted in what's considered a very good landing spot and push them into the first round, whether it's Trey Sermon or uh, or Chuba or Jamar Jefferson. So I think there could there could be a, another receiver um, that's that's projected to be going in, in the mid first right now that that might get pushed outside of the um, up in, into the, uh, the the early second round. But this uh, the startup draft that uh, myself and my co owner just got done um, with this past weekend. Guess how many rookies got taken before Melvin Gordon in this uh, this draft here. How many rookie running backs? Or I, no, just how, how, many, how many rookies total? Uh, well, Melvin Gordon, <clears throat> he's uh, not an exciting name, so I'm going to say 20 rookies. You're, you're very close. It was 18. Yeah, that's uh, uh, surprisingly not not all that surprising to me. Uh, but yeah, going back to your trade, I think, I think that was a smart move. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually made a trade that, that you're aware of because you're in that same league with me but i traded away the 104 the 110 and the 111 to move up to that 101 aka trevor lawrence pick what what were your thoughts on that any any takeaways on on how i'm valuing trevor lawrence well i i think most people would agree that that's probably an an overpay but you you have to do that in, in, in order to get that done going back to the same um, this, this is the first high stakes league that I've, I've drafted in. And for those of you that are nervous to draft in a high stakes league, um, I would, I would say it's just, just, uh, you're playing with people that, that, uh, are, are, uh, a little, little riskier where I, I thought I was going to be drafting with, with some pros, but, um, going back to, to Melvin Gordon, seeing 18 rookies drafted ahead of him is there's a lot of people taking, um, high upset upside picks. And with that being said, uh, Trevor Lawrence was the seventh player selected, so he was taken in the first round of this this startup draft as well. Um, whereas if you if you go down to the middle of the third round, that's where Zach Wilson, the second rookie quarterback, was was selected. So um, it, it was it was a trade that that made sense, and uh, the, the player that you were uh, doing this trade with, he's in rebuild mode. So I think it was a it was a fair trade, and Trevor Lawrence is one of the best. Uh, rookie quarterbacks that's been that's come into the league since Andrew Locke so I I, I like the trade for both teams yeah I think the, the biggest thing that I just want to stress we we haven't spent a lot of time talking about rookie quarterbacks or Trevor Lawrence for that matter but I think he's probably one of the closest things to a surefire QB1 so meaning I think he'll at least finish as a top 12 quarterback even his rookie season and he's clearly a player that they just want to surround talent with so I, I think they're going to start to give him some offensive weapons and you, yeah, we're going to see him do, do very well. So don't be afraid to pull the trigger on that. That was a, a trade that I'd been contemplating for a while. And I feel like if I had waited another week or two, I might've had to uh, add an early second round to that too. Cause 
uh, rookie fever is is now among us here in April. So they they might have COVID nineteen shots, but they don't have rookie fever shots, uh, at least not that I know of yet. Yep. Um, well, before we jump into CMC, he's got a new quarterback throwing him the ball. Um, I was telling you, I don't think I have a ton of thoughts on Darnold besides I don't think he's safe after one year. I think he's going to be similar to um, Jalen Hurts where, you know, he's going to be the 2020 guy or 2021. Um, but obviously he's not going to give you that safe floor like Jalen Hurts. So uh, we saw Teddy Bridgewater finish with those weapons last year as QB 19. I think that's a pretty fair projection. If you're hoping for a, a low end QB one or high end two, I think you're doing a little bit of hoping that bit just based on the limited production that we've seen from Darnold. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think the quarterback 19 is, is a fair place to, to put on that right now. I, I really want to believe, I, I know there's uh every other podcast out there is going to point to um, the, the Adam Gase effect, which is definitely true. Um, this, that the Panthers defense is what's going to be giving up a lot of points where I think Darnold will be uh, throwing the ball quite a bit in the, the second half. And I've been saying all along that I, that I want Mac Jones or whoever the Panthers are going to be targeting in the, in this draft. So I think I gotta, I gotta stick with my gut and say that I, that I want Sam Darnold. So um, what do you, what do you think a fair price would be if you, or if you, if you had Philip Rivers or Drew Brees on your team, and you need to go to that that owner that has Sam Darnold. What what uh what kind of pick do you think you have to offer to get him right now? Well, he's he's still a quarterback, so uh, the, the fact that Superflex we see those quarterbacks go extremely early in a rookie draft. So if we're talking rookie value, I think Darnold would still be worth an early second. So uh, the the two hundred one that's always exciting to see who falls out of the first to you. So if I had to put an exact value, I'd say the two hundred two. Uh, however, I think the player that we really should be talking about is Robbie Anderson, who finished as uh, wide receiver 19 last season, and he finished as wide receiver 18 back in 2017 with Darnold throwing him the ball. Um, so when it's all said and done, that might be the guy you really want to go acquire. Um, but yeah, give me give me Darnold for the 202. I'm not excited about it, uh, but he's definitely in a in a decent spot to succeed. Yeah, it seems like each uh, season Robbie Anderson gets reunited with somebody. This past year, it was uh, getting reunited with his old uh, college coach from Temple, and now he's uh, reunited with his old quarterback from New York. So uh, Robbie Anderson, one of those those players that's not the the sexiest name to be drafting, but definitely an, an RB or a wide receiver too with uh, wide receiver one weekly upside. Yeah. All right. And one last thing, talking about this draft, and then we'll finally get into the Christian McCaffrey talk. Um, in the 20th round, so the last round of the startup draft, we selected Todd Gurley at the uh, 2008. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show, but um, the mighty have certainly fallen. Yeah. Well, this might actually be an appropriate time to bring up where Gurley is now. Um, so we're, we're jumping into our CMC conversation on what you should be trying to get for CMC and Superflex if you're, if you're going to tap out for the 2021 season. Um, and we thought of this last week. Uh, our buddy, Immovable OBJ, uh, he's got CMC in one of these Superflex leagues. And he's probably just a piece away from competing. And he's one of those rare teams that's got a comfortable three uh, starting running backs 
here in a 14-man league. He's got CMC, Derrick Henry, and Chris Carson, uh, but then he's a little suspect at some of his other spots. Uh, but for context, the, the reason that we're having this conversation about CMC right now is in startups just three years ago, uh, we were looking at those unattainable running backs that everybody was excited to have because they were giving them such an advantage. Uh, so the, the three guys we wanted to point out quickly for context, we got Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and Zeke. So in 2017, we saw Bell finish as RB2 with just under 300 points. Uh, and then he held out in 2018, which is where a lot of people were taking him as early as the 101 in startups just because he had been so productive. Uh, but after that, obviously, he falls down to RB16. And then last season, we don't even have to count that, but he's RB62. I've seen him floating around in uh, free agency in some some pretty deep leagues. Uh, 2017, Todd Gurley, we see him finish as RB1 both in 2017 and 2018 finishing up with about 350 points. And then we saw the Rams offense take a little bit of a step back. He finished as an RB1, but uh, just barely inside, so RB12, and then finished as RB23. Um, so we're starting to see a theme here. Um, and then one guy that I thought would be interesting to bring up, kind of in that same area um, with Zeke, we saw him in 2017 going in clearly in the top five, um, but he was... Uh, in 2017, RB9, then RB5, RB4, and RB9. So a lot of times we like to kind of build our rosters around those workhorse running backs that we're, we're sure they're locked in to be that uh, RB3. But then, then you see a class come in with a guy like Jonathan Taylor or a guy with that number one overall upside like DeAndre Swift, and then you really start to question, okay, well, how long? is CMC or how long is, is Saquon still going to hold that value? Um, so we've got a bunch of notes here. Any any uh, place you want to take this conversation, Tom? Um, I, I think we, we can we can hop right into uh, the trades here. Yeah, so we, we're making some notes. So this is a real team um, in one of our super competitive 14-man super flex leagues. Uh, so like, like I mentioned, he's at a decent spot with a running back, but at quarterback, uh, he's only has Daniel Jones and Garoppolo. And then he's holding on to Mariota because there's still some hope for him. So clearly we want to try to find a way for him to get a quarterback on his roster. Uh, wide receiver, he's doing okay with Hopkins and Rager. And then Hooper um, at tight end, like we know, if you don't have one of those top guys, it's pretty hard to pay up. Um, so we're not going to try to target um Hooper or, or target. We're definitely not targeting Hooper, but we're not going to try to target an elite tight end in one of these moves. So I was, I was telling you, I'd like to know what you would be trading for in that particular league. Uh, what, what do you trade for CMC? And as I was telling you that I was thinking, well, I should probably think of what I would offer. So in that league, I've got two good quarterbacks. I have both uh, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and then I'm doing pretty good at running back, too, with Josh Jacobs and Chubb. So my proposal for CMC and Daniel Jones would would have to be Herbert and Josh Jacobs. So what which side would you prefer uh, between those two? Do you prefer the Herbert and Jacobs or CMC with Daniel Jones? Um, after our... Uh 
our show a couple weeks ago when we um, discovered the real truth behind drafting running backs and how quickly their their value drops and just seeing how well Justin Herbert played last year when he was kind of thrown into the fire. I, I think I'm I'm going to lean the, the Justin Herbert side right now. I know Christian McCaffrey is, is definitely still a league winner, but if we come back to this episode two or three years from now, I think Herbert's still a top five quarterback and um, Christian McCaffrey can be outside of the, the top 20. Yeah, and that and that's hard to imagine. But like we said three years ago, it was hard to imagine a guy like Bell or uh, Gurley kind of being ir- irrelevant. So I would agree with that. Did you have uh, a trade? We've got a few that we kind of outlined, but we could probably throw names out there all night. But was there uh, one or two in particular that you felt was was close for a guy looking to upgrade a quarterback? Um, so there, there's one team in that league that has the that currently has has the 105, and also um, is is pretty loaded at at running back with uh, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and uh, and J.K. Dobbins. Um, so I, I, I feel like that's a team you're very familiar with. Yep, it's it's a, it's a roster that I've uh, I've looked at a, a handful of times. So, <laughs> um, but I, looking at at this and in comparison to um, the uh, most recent start draft that I did, uh, Chris McCaffrey was taken at the 104 of the startup draft. So Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. All, all were taken um, ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Do you think that's that's pretty standard these days, or is that kind of outlandish for somebody to pass up on McCaffrey to take Kyler? Uh, no, that's not outlandish at all. I mean, we saw in in our recent 14-man Superflex just a month or two ago, I want to say CMC dropped outside of the top six or seven. We saw a handful of quarterbacks go, including Lamar Jackson and uh, Deshaun Watson in that grouping as well. So no, that's it. It it really comes down to if uh, if you're confident that you're going to build a team that's ready to win now with CMC. So in this, I completely agree. And in this this uh, same draft where um, McCaffrey went at the 104, we saw DeAndre Swift go at the 204, Cam Makers at the 206, and J.K. Dobbins go at the 210. So we're talking a difference of either. 10 to 16 spots from where McCaffrey was taken with uh, six quarterbacks, um, one tight end and one wide receiver taken in, in between those players as well. Um, so looking at that, um, I also looked at this, uh, this team that that might be interested in doing this trade and um, they have Tom Brady. So one trade that I was looking at was Tom Brady, who was selected in the ninth round to pair him with one of the previous listed running backs. So essentially, if you want to look at it as startup picks, it would be an early second round plus a early ninth round for the 104. Do you think that that's a, a pretty close trade? Um, for a team that needs that second quarterback, that's definitely close because uh, those those running backs you mentioned, Swift, Akers, and Dobbins, they all have that uh, pass-catching ability. And they're a couple of years younger than CMC. So uh, we might see them start to ascend a little bit. And I would be confident to say that, well, two of the three, Akers and Dobbins are on a better offense. Swift might be stuck behind the Lions offense. So 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say the same about Swift, um, although it looks like he's getting taken um, higher than Akers and Dobbins in these leagues. Uh, but yeah, I would say that that's probably a fair trade, knowing that Tom Brady's going to play two, three, seven, eight, or nine more seasons. So I think, it, yeah, I think uh, Perry and Brady with one of those low-end RB1s that showed a lot of promise and a lot of production uh, the second half of last season, I think that would be a fair trade for CMC. Yeah, and and just looking at at the other um, trades listed, and like you said, we can we can throw out uh, names out here, and it, it's so difficult, and uh, in 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 every single league, um, and especially a fourteen man league where the quarterback position is um, even more valuable. The the next closest trade that that I was looking at would be uh, C D Lamb and Ryan Tannehill for Christian McCaffrey, where um, this most recent draft. C.D. Lamb was taken at the 305, and Tannehill was taken at the 602. So you're looking at an early third and early sixth round for the 104. Personally, I would still take Christian McCaffrey in that um, side of the deal. But if if you were desperate and needed um, a a quarterback, and and while you, and if your team is still loaded and you have three or four other decent running backs, and you want some help, knowing that um, C.D. Lamb should be a uh, top 10 receiver in dynasty for the next handful of years. Yeah. Well, and that's what makes trading CMC away or trading for him. So tricky is if you've got McCaffrey, you want one of those, um, we'll say a top 12 quarterback, but you also want a top 12 running back. And there's not a lot of teams that are in a spot with CMC where they could afford to do that. But this particular team, like I said, they've got three good running backs. So trading CMC for Tannehill and Lamb, that could actually be a really good option, knowing that you're going to get some really good games from Tannehill the next couple of seasons. And Lamb, of course, has that top three upside, uh, which is why the Cowboys were ecstatic to draft him. So I I really like that one. Um, And then the one that you mentioned, trading one of those younger running backs uh, with Brady. Um, Brady still gives you QB1 upside every, every week, and he might do that for an infinite amount of time. So I think that's that's a fair one, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think my biggest takeaway from this is just that if if you're not competing and you have CMC or if you feel like you're really close, but you just need to make that that move. If we hop in a time machine in 2024, it, it sounds tough to say now, but I think we're going to wish that we had cashed out on him um, before he started to show a little bit more wear and tear. If, if we see him get hurt. And if he's out for an extended period of time again, I think his value starts to drop similar to kind of what we've, we've seen with Dalvin um, or with Zeke when these guys start to miss time here in their third, fourth, fifth season. Yeah. Well, and when I traded for McCaffrey, um, a trade that I, I did with you, actually, I gave up a wide receiver one, an RB one and a future first. Um, and there was a lot of debate sparked in that league of, of whether or not that that trade was was fair uh, people like like both sides of it, and um, seeing how how um, he he missed almost an entire season last year. I don't know if that's a trade that I would um, ever feel comfortable doing again. Going all in, um, giving up uh, a future first with um, two other top assets, knowing that if, if that player gets hurt, then you're you're basically in trouble the, the entire next season. Yeah, no, nope, that's a good point too. Yeah, you you've seen what happens when you go all in, so. Uh, that, that's a very good and, and relevant example. 
Well, hopefully we were able to provide a little bit of insight on what you can really expect uh, as the CMC owner. And then if you're targeting CMC, uh, you kind of have an idea of what, what people are looking for in return. Uh, did you have any, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, we've got a, a very special announcement coming in a couple of weeks in a show that we're going to be doing of one of our good friends, Maddie Daddy. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We still have three uh, spots available in the Tyler Johnson Jersey League. So if you're interested in, in joining another guillotine league, um, feel free to message uh, Sam Murray and we can uh, get you in there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time for the show, Tom. Till next time, keep it flexy. to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Yeah. Still not getting it. Hmm. Ah! Okay, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. Shit, I lost it.